Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sap and Chance. Uh, joined with me as always is my man, Chance Michaels. Chance, how are you, brother? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Yeah, pretty good, man. We're here on the verge or the beginning of the long weekend here up here in Canada. It's that Canada Day long weekend. So happy Canada Day to everyone up here and happy 4th of July to everyone down south on Monday. Uh, before we start everything or anything, everybody like and subscribe. Um, you know, it's really important that you guys do that for us. And uh, let us know what you guys think of the show as well. If you can't find us anywhere, go to our Instagram, Samp underscore chance. And there you'll find our bio link tree where you can get all our links to all our sites. And uh, you can find us everywhere. Absolutely. And don't forget to share the podcast, share the YouTube video all your friends, all your family, whoever you, whoever you talk to, share it. Absolutely. So here we are. It's the first uh, week of summer, I guess you could say. We're in July, uh, which means money in the bank is tomorrow night. I thought maybe we'd just talk about that a little bit and, you know, kind of see what, you know, this card's looking like and where you think things will go from here. I agree. So who is the surprise guest entry in the men's uh, Money in the Bank? Are they, they going to announce that in a SmackDown? Are they gonna, somebody going to run out as a surprise? Have you heard? Well, I, 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 you know what? It's being kept really, really secret for whatever their plan is. I mean, we have SmackDown tonight, so I think, you know, that'll answer maybe that question. Maybe it won't. But right now, as it stands, it's, you know, Seth versus Sheamus versus Drew versus Omos versus Sami Zayn and Riddle versus the mystery person. Um, I'm looking at this and, you know, Money in the Bank is usually reserved for a guy that they want to kind of promote and bring up here. Seth has already had a lot of chances. Sheamus is a lot. And everyone here has really had their chances outside of Omos and, you know, maybe Riddle could fall in that category, even though he has had a title shot. I mean, the racket, the rocket is kind of strapped on him a little bit right now as well, but he's deserved that strap. Um, who, who do you feel that that should take this one here? Well, it all, it all depends on who the surprise entry will be. I don't think Omos is going to get it. I don't think he's ready for a title shot. Do you really want to see Omos versus Reigns? Well, I mean, I think it'd be kind of fun to look at on, on some level, but I don't know... Putting the title on Omos is kind of like putting the title on an Andre or someone like that. He's just way too dominant, right? I mean, yeah, he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it right now. And so for me personally, I think Riddle would probably be the guy. I think that's what I was leaning towards too. Uh, maybe the surprise at guest. Who do you think that could be? Any, any. Uh, well, I mean, and if you think about it, they they just recently signed Logan Paul to a multi-match deal. Um, of that. That'd be interesting. I'm actually for everybody's listening. I'm actually, I'm actually happy they signed him. He's good in the ring. He's a good character. He brings a lot of heat. Brings some extra eyeballs to the screen. So I'm not mad about that. Nah, I'm not a fan of him, but I mean, business is business. I'll leave it but at that. Work was pretty damn good at WrestleMania, but better than some of the guys. Uh, I, again, around and, and moving around, he didn't. You could. That's one of the best debuts ever. I, would say. I think he did a better job of riling up the crowd doing moves that he shouldn't have been doing. You know what I mean? Like with the three amigos and stuff. Yeah, um, that's a thing, right? No, no, that, that's what I'm saying. I said, I think he did well in, in doing that. Like, you know, getting the crowd riled up and, you know, he has that part of it locked down. I won't say he's that great in the ring myself. Personally, I mean, he still has. First time ever though? Yeah, I think Bad Bunny was better. I Bad think Bunny Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny impressed more impressed me more personally. But like I said, Logan Paul did great. Nothing. One, one amazing move that Logan Paul couldn't top. Overall, Logan Paul's body of work was way more crisp. He's a bigger body. I mean, Bad Bunny couldn't take the bumps day in and day out like Logan. I, I, Logan, I don't think Logan has had that much in there as well though yet, man. I, you're talking like Logan's been in there for like no, but I'm thirty saying, matches. Debut. He looked damn good in the ring, better than some of the guys. Even yeah, yeah, and I, I agree with you. But I mean, if you're gonna for me personally, like I'm saying, I just think Bad Bunny was better. That's all I'm saying. I agree that one move Bad Bunny was pretty cool. But I said overall, the way um, you if you if you took a wrestling fan who hasn't watched wrestling in five years, which is a lot of people, and you put him on to watch Logan Paul, there's no way they would guess that was his first time ever in the ring. That's how good he looked. Yeah, and same with Bad Bunny. If that one movie looked pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty sick. But overall, I mean, yeah, we can sit here and argue this all day, brother. But let's not. Um, He's a big star. He brings a lot of eyeballs. So good movie. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I, I don't know who it could be. And I'm just kind of looking at both the rosters and I mean, who 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 else could be in there that that, that would work? I mean, maybe a Ricochet, 
maybe there's another qualifying match. I don't know. Like Ricochet could fit in there. Mustafa Ali could fit in there if they want to give him a push. Um, you know, maybe this was Cody's to win. I don't know. You know, yeah. maybe. Hard so it's hard to say. Uh, moving on to the women's Money in the Bank match. Um, Lacey Evans, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Asuka, uh, Shotzi Blackheart, and Becky Lynch, who finally got in on Monday. Um, again, the question poses, Bliss, Asuka, and Lynch are probably the three that have had you know fairly good success in the last few years. So that kind of leaves Lacey, Morgan, Rodriguez, and uh, Shotzi to possibly win. Who do you like to see win? I don't know, man. I don't really have a... I just want to see a good match, to be honest with you. I mean, it will be a good match. I don't really have, care who wins. I just hope it's good. Who do you want? Who are you rooting for in this? Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Alexa Bliss. I have been for a while. And, you know, just yeah, kind of... With with the whole storyline that kind of kind of blew up, and then with her injury and her coming back, um, I feel that they just keep letting Morgan fail. They keep pushing her, and she's not. You know, it's not her not getting the job done. It's not her getting that push over to the next level from creative, right? So I can't really blame her for that. Uh, Rodriguez looks really cool as well. I mean, I like I like them all. I like Shotzi as well, but I don't think Shotzi's been in the picture long enough on the main stage to really get that push going. So really, I think it's going to come down between... Um, I, I'd like to see Bliss win it, but I have a feeling it's going to be Lacey or Rodriguez. I think you're right. Yeah, I'd like to see Bliss win it too, but it's hard to say. Hopefully they surprise us. Well, I mean, the way they're pushing Lacey Evans with her old backstory and everything else, you know, it's almost fitting that she wins the money in the bank to show if you, you know, don't give up. And, you know, they're, they're kind of trying to build a girl scene out of her, it feels like. I think you're right on that. We'll see what they can do. Should be a fun right. match. I think so, too. I think it'll be fun. Um, these girls can all go, and that's the thing. I mean, you got... With with Lacey more with Lacey and Rodriguez in there, you got two real big strong women in there. Um, Bliss has proven herself. Oscar has proven herself. Lynch has proven herself. I'm kind of curious to see how Shotzi reacts to being on a big stage match like this. This is probably her first first big one. I think it uh, is, yeah. So you know, it's gonna be fun to watch her reaction and how she participates in this, and uh, who's gonna kind of carry her a little bit here, but. Um, I guess the same could be said for Rodriguez as well. I mean, they're the two newest members of the rosters up there. So that should be kind of interesting as well. All right. Bianca Belair versus Carmella. I think Belair will win. I'm going to leave my comments at that because I just didn't really – I'm not excited for this match in any way. Not really. I agree with you. Bel Belair is going to win it. Yeah. Uh, Ronda Rousey versus Natalia. Now, this has been a fun story and a fun build-up to watch. Natty's really pulling out all the punches to uh, – to, to really piss her off. And she's doing a great job of it. Natty's awesome, man. I, you know, I don't think she's underrated, but I'll say she's underrated sometimes in terms of her contributions and what she's done for that division. Yeah, this should be a fun match. It's been a good buildup. I hope Ronda takes it. I think she will. Um, but it should be a fun match. Both are physical girls. Both are strong. So, yeah, it's been a good story. It's been good writing. Yeah, no, it's been fun. Uh, I think Ronda does take it. Um, and hopefully that leads into Bailey coming back. She's ready. I want to see her come back. Um, yeah, I think Bailey and Ronda would be a good feud. Um, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. So that that should that I guess that, that that that's what I'm kind of looking forward to there for that one. Uh, then we get into Theory versus Bobby Lashley for the United States title. Um, this should be an interesting match because you're building Fury up to a level here and you got Lashley at a level. Either Lashley beats him clean or Fury wins by DQ. I'm thinking Fury wins by DQ. Trying to raise him up a little bit. He's getting a little more time backstage. He's doing some promos backstage. He's young. I say build him up. Let him go. Let him get a DQ win. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, all fingers are pointing to Theory versus uh, Cena at some point here as well. Um, we'll talk about that. Maybe at SummerSlam. You think it's going to happen that quick? I don't know. Um, I was just actually looking at something before we came on air here, and uh, it's, you know, Wrestling Observer 
I don't know how reliable Dave Meltzer is on this one, but something along the lines that he might actually not be fighting until WrestleMania. Okay. Um, because nothing is really being advertised and nothing is really being put in motion in terms of media releases or anything. Um, but Theory and Zena, that'd be, a, that'd be a lot of fun, the, the promos back and forth, the build-up. I mean, that'd be cool. I'd love to see that. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and it makes sense, you know, it's just in this day and age of surprises and everything, it's almost better not to have a surprise. Yeah, I mean, we haven't had a chance to touch on his 20 years that they celebrated on Raw there. Uh, yeah, but well, we'll talk about that. We'll get to there. Last match on this card before we get into all the other good stuff that's been happening, the Usos versus the Street Profits for the Unified Tag Team titles. Um, Profits have been having their way with the Usos in the last few weeks, beating them handily in single matches. I guess the Usos win this. I hope not. Man, I'm tired of those guys. I, I think they're one of the more overrated tag teams. I'm going for Street Profits all the way. They do the same moves every time. There's something about Usos I just don't like them. I don't know. They're good, yeah. but super kicks all match, all long. They do the same frog splash all the time. Like I don't know. I like to switch it up. At least the Street Profits see something different. They fly around. They're, you know, I hope they win it. I think you're right, though. They keep it on the Usos, keep the bloodline strong heading into SummerSlam, but I'm getting tired of the Usos, personally. Well, I mean, it's the Usos to lose, in my yeah. opinion. I mean, again, as long as Roman's probably I champion, mean, they're, they're going to win it. But, I mean, I, I'd like to see the Street Profits take it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm not saying, I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, yeah. I'd like to see the Profits win it as well, personally, just to kind of change it up. Um, but, but I guess, right now, it is the Usos to lose. I, so, I mean, yeah. from that perspective, I mean, again, who knows, right? Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Um, but yeah, I just kind of like that story just would kind of crumble around them if they lost it right now, right? I mean, it all kind of determines on where Roman goes as well. Because um, and remember, there's another Uso still to come. Who's that? He's down in NXT, man, and he's bigger than those two. Oh, wow. He's, the, he's a baby Uso, but he's bigger than both Jay and Jimmy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard of them, but I haven't seen them. Yeah, yeah. So that's basically money in the bank as we know it, unless anything changes that would probably happen tonight on SmackDown, 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox, 5 p.m. Pacific here on the coast. Um, John Cena came back to Monday Night Raw. Now, as we were talking just a couple minutes ago about, you know, keeping surprises. This is something, you know, that kind of makes sense now. Like, you know, keeping Cena surprised probably isn't a great thing as much as it would be fun to see or, or feel excited or, or surprised. Sorry. Uh, think about it. You, you advertise Cena coming, your ticket sales are going to go out the door as we've seen now. Right. So, I get that concept and, you know, so him not being advertised for anything going into SummerSlam or or for SummerSlam or around SummerSlam kind of leads me to believe that he probably won't tangle. Yeah, I know. I agree. If he needs a nice build up, get those extra ticket sales and maybe WrestleMania could be right. Maybe he's filming a movie or something. Like you said, but, but keep in mind, and this just hit me right now, sorry. It's only July the 1st and I believe SummerSlam is in mid to late August, right? Around there, yeah. Right. So if that's the case, there's enough time there to build something up if they choose to do so. So they, they can still get the word out. Right? They have one big star already. So I don't know if they can maybe save John Cena to build this up. I'm not sure. For what? SummerSlam? SummerSlam. You who? got Lesnar there, right? Do you need John Cena there too? Maybe save him for another big pay-per-view? No, but who who's there right now? Sorry. So what I'm saying is Lesnar's already there for SummerSlam. You oh, Lesnar. Brock is there. I'm tired of that match now. I don't like it. <laughs> I, I don't know how many more times do we have to watch Brock and, and Reigns. Like it's it's you want to talk about the same match over and over again. I love them both. I think they have a great program, but it just kind of shows where WWE is, needs to kind of pick it up now here because you can't keep bringing back Brock. Well, and Brock Brock needs to be fighting someone else, man. This is like watching Wilder and Fury. The third fight was amazing, though. No, it was, but we're talking. This is we're talking about their sixth or seventh fight now here. Summer Eighth fight, July thirty first, dude. July thirty first. Oh, okay, so. Oh, okay, away. yeah, because okay, so July thirty first. So they're doing. Oh well, they still have time to build it up if they decide they want to bring him in. Yeah, 
I don't mind this. I don't mind the Lesnar versus Reigns match just because every time I can see Lesnar, I, I appreciate it because, like I said, he's probably he is the greatest athlete ever into the the squared circle, right? I mean, so I, I get a chance to see him, and he's not fighting his prime, but he's still pretty dominant, so I enjoy it. Now, Yo, I, you can wrestle somebody else besides Reigns, yes, but if I yeah. saw him, it's better than not having him. Is how I see it. No, no, my point is that exactly. Like I have nothing. To- Against Brock Lesnar being on the card, I have nothing against Roman Reigns. I think they're all superb athletes. My point is, this is a glaring point, in my opinion, which is being shown again. You saw it yourself firsthand at SummerSlam last year. Cena has not showed up since that SummerSlam. And the one night that he shows up a year later, he still outsells everybody in one night than they have in probably half a year. In their merch and in ticket sales and everything. So that bothers me still with the WWE because if you're going back to Brock versus um, Reigns again for the ninth, 10th, 11th time, whatever it is now, it's a glaring problem. As good as everything looks when Cena isn't there, when he comes back, he's the catalyst, right? He's that measuring stick as far as I'm concerned. Now I see it. Like he is a current measuring stick against everybody, so that's that's the that's the issue I have. That's the issue I have with that fight. It's just like okay, that should be with someone else, like anybody else. Nothing against the two guys going against each other. We've just seen it too many times. What I see, like like I said, when I was at the last summer, I'm a sea of green shirts, dads, you know, daughters, moms, everybody wearing John Cena shirts. But so basically, if John Cena can't make it to the SummerSlam, who's the next big guy? Brock Lesnar, right? No, I understand. I just wish Brock would go against someone else. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. I'd rather, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd rather see him fight Lashley. I think that'd be a much more enjoyable fight to watch. I think you have enough time to build it up now. Um, and, you know, it could be a, pow- a battle of Minneapolis wrestlers or something. You know, they, they could both be faces in this. I guess they're looking at it maybe from this angle that we know Reigns is going to win. Brock's not going to beat him for the belt. So maybe they're looking at it. It doesn't matter if Brock loses. He's still good to see him. But you don't want Reigns maybe to crush a riddle or somebody like that at SummerSlam. We can just let him big, still a big star match. Let him beat Lesnar and move on to the next feud maybe. Um, He's already beaten Brock. And and for him to come back and no no but 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 his first fight back shouldn't be another defeat. Yeah, that's what I feel. You know, you're killing the mistake. You're killing the mistake of Brock here. Like oh, you know, like he is getting weak now because he's been away since WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and and he comes back and he loses again to the same guy. Right, that's not helping Brock, and you're not keeping him strong either at that point. Right. Yeah. It's a, I don't know, I'm not sure what they're doing. I don't know. It's I'm just glad he's there, but like I agree. No, I'm glad he's there too. Like I've seen him live. He's he's bigger than life. I I, I and I've been lucky enough to to see him on on two different shows. And you know the guy's a monster. And to be fair, I I got a better look at him at Raw the night after because I was closer to the ring and you know the venue was smaller, so you could really appreciate the the, the size of this man. Um, oh, he's a monster. His hands. You have a few people haven't seen Lesnar live in person. His hands are massive. He oh, it's, it's four times, four times. Uh, his hands are like huge. They'd say they're like uh, little pink hands. Yeah, they had to get special gloves made for him in the USC because that's how big his hands are. The guy's yeah. Um, so we do probably have one match that we know for SummerSlam that's going to happen. It'll probably be Miz versus Logan Paul. Logan Paul is now signed with the WWE for a few matches. It's not like a yearly contract or anything. It's just more of an appearance contract. So I think his first appearance will probably be at SummerSlam um, against probably The Miz. They're kind of planting the seeds for that. The Miz already started planting the seeds for that uh, in the last couple of weeks here. So that's probably the one match we know for sure that's going to happen. And I guess we know that it's going to be Roman versus uh, Brock for the Universal titles. Um, I think, you know, just another thought on that. I know we've kind of beat that up a little bit here, but I want to see Brock win then. So do I. You know, I I, I really feel if, if that's going to work and you're going to make that something that's possible, you you take it off him, let Brock have it, and let him lose it at Survivor Series or something. Yeah, I would love to see Brock win. You never know. Maybe we will get a Brock win. Just everybody's thinking, like, we're thinking, oh, Reigns going to win. Next thing you know, Brock F5s and one, two, three, shock everybody. Like he did with the streak with Undertaker. We've never seen that coming. Yeah. 
And, you know, unfortunately, he's probably not going to be around at Money in the Bank. You know, this is where I wish the champion, the champion should be on Money on the Bank, in my opinion. Based on what the card is about, yes. based on what the stories are about around these briefcases and what they represent, the champ should be defending his titles at Money in the Bank, in my opinion. Totally. Uh, because yeah. it's a storyline thing, as far as I'm concerned. He could have a squash match, he could fight someone, whatever, fighting Ezekiel. But, you know, you, you got to have that element of, oh, shit, uh, you know, Riddle won. But Riddle's not allowed to, ca- you know, allowed to, not allowed to have another match as, as per the contract that he signed against Roman. But now he's got money in the bank, so he does have that contract. Yeah, no, you I know? agree. He, he should be on money in the bank. I don't know, but I guess they're kind of, money in the bank is changing, changing its way, I guess. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Well, I don't know. I mean... Uh, I agree I with you. They should have the Money in the Bank match first, the men's one. Some whoever wins that and have the title fight reign, they could cash it in and run out like they used to, right? Well, I, I mean, impossible, but I mean, you got both the women defending as well. I, I think the Money in the Bank matches, if one of the Money in the Bank matches doesn't open the show, I probably think it's going to be the Usos versus the Street Profits that open up the pay per view. Yeah. Then you'll probably get the women's or the men's Money in the Bank. But I don't know who who closes out the show, Ronda Rousey, or or one of the Money in the Banks. I'm thinking one of the Money in the Banks, probably the Women's Money in the Bank. But who knows? You just never know with WWE how they're going to do it. We could see Bobby and Austin Theory open up the card. You just don't know. Well, I'm just thinking the curtain jerker. I mean, of all the matches, the guys to get the crowd going, it'd probably be the Usos. Or, I mean, it's not that big of a card if you think about it. Outside of the two Money in the Banks, we really only have one, two, three three other matches that I know of here, right? I mean, and, you know, two of them are the women title matches and, well, all three of them are title matches, but you don't have the Intercontinental being defended down here or anything like that either. That's interesting. Walter should be on here as well. Yeah. Hmm. It should be a fun card. Let's hope some of these pay-per-views that don't look as good on paper as this one does, sometimes they surprise you and they're better than the ones that are stacked, so. No, I think, it, I mean, it looks like a good card. Yeah, it's solid. Um, so John Cena comes back after 20 years, uh, and he doesn't miss a beat. He looks like he's shrunk a little bit. Yeah, he's not as built as he used to be, buddy. What is he, 45 now? So it could be age, and maybe he's off the, the juice a little bit, I assume. Well, he kind of looks like The Rock did when he left the WWE, you know, when he shrunk and did the first couple movies that he did. Yeah. Um, you know, he kind of looks like that. So I don't know, maybe he's doing it for a film, maybe he's just kind of like you said, off the additives. Yeah. Well, the Rock <laughs> yes. is on them again for a guy who's 50. The guy's massive. Guy's monster, man. The Rock very big. I hate to say it, but he's a walking heart attack waiting to happen for all the drugs that he's done over his years. I mean, how, how much can a person's heart take? I mean, oh. he's in his 50s. To be that big in your 50s is not natural, obviously. He's on HGH, all kinds. Who knows what kind of supplements the Rock gets? He's the best doctors in the world, right? But he's juiced to the gills. He works well, so hard. I mean, wrong. You got to build it, but I mean, he's used to the Well, whatever the case may be, man. Whatever works for him. I mean, at the end of the day, he's got to face the consequences of his own actions. I guess, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a wrong way or a right way anymore in this world. I mean, one's wrong is another's right. Yep. Well, you absolutely. Um, I, I think there is. I think there there are things we all kind of agree on that are wrong and right, but I mean personal choices and stuff like for example you don't like onions i love onions yeah are you wrong am i right it doesn't you know it doesn't it's just it's what you want to be and who you want to be in your world yeah no, I um yeah. but yeah do you feel concerned when you see cena after a year and he sells out an arena just with one appearance and you know his merch is outselling everybody else's merch in that one moment and the amount that he's probably pushing is more than some of the superstars on the roster right now are pushing up until that point the whole year? No, absolutely not. I think it's wonderful. I'll look at it this way. It's like, let's just say you have, I'll use a music analogy. They have a bunch of bands. Let's just say you have Green Day and Offspring and I don't know, you know, bands like that Pearl Jam, the good bands are doing well. All of a sudden, Mick Jagger shows up. Well, of course, he's going to he's gonna trump all those guys. Same kind of thing with John Cena. These, they're good. Lots of talent in WWE, but he's like the Mick Jagger. He shows up, the crowd goes crazy. Doesn't matter what age he is. 
that's how I see it. So nobody on the roster is as good as John Cena. Absolutely not. There may be better in-ring wrestlers, but complete package, the look, the promos, everything. John Cena is better than all of them. I think the one thing that's improved the most for John Cena over his 20 years is his in-ring. Um, I think we got an amazing John Cena in the last maybe seven years that he was there. Like yeah. he finally, like he had already, like you said, yeah, I, I can't disagree with anything you're saying. I just wanted to add to it. Um, his in-ring, you know, was probably his weakest link. Yeah, I agree. Um, his promos and, and his storytelling and his facial expressions and his ring psychology developed much faster than he did in ring, right? But, you know, that last seven years of his run, um, like proper full-time run, that is. Yes. And I, I really believe he's gotten a lot better in there. I mean, some of the matches... I think from Shawn Michaels onward, you got to see a lot better of a John Cena in ring. Um, working with Shawn, working with uh, AJ as well. Some of those were some amazing matches. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a good in ring worker. He doesn't get enough credit for it. Like you said, he, he didn't start out great in the ring, but he worked his butt off to get better. And, uh, yeah. and, and the catalyst and the testing point for me for that, like the, the thing that I wanted to kind of gauge it against was when he fought Roman. Because here are two guys that would need that look amazing with an AJ or Sean, yes. Uh, because of what they're able to do and how they're able to make guys look great. Um, and you know, the next generation of those two guys that go off here, I think I don't think Sami Zayn gets enough credit for what he's capable of I in love it. Sami Zayn, dude, he's going to be know, an character. His in ring is awesome. It is. You know, I don't think people give him enough credit for that, which is awesome. Because he can surprise you every time with his shit. Um, and I know you're not a big fan of him in terms of physical attributes, but Kevin Owens is another guy there that is the future of, you know, making guys look really, really yeah, good. He's in ring work is good. I can't talk back to that. Yeah. But watching Roman and John fight, they had a really, really good match, you know, and that. That just kind of showed me the evolution of both those guys because they were able to carry each other. Yes. And, you know, that that goes to Roman Reigns as well. I'm not saying he's the best wrestler in the world, but, man, he's gotten so much better. And his mic work has gotten better. And he's got the look and the psychology he's getting it down. Yeah, you know, like that first feud that he had with Cena, I think he needed to be schooled that way. I think he needed to be embarrassed publicly. I think that was the turning point for Roman Reigns now. I think about it like, you know, that first feud that he had with Cena, because Cena ripped him apart on the mic. Yeah, he did. Cena's amazing. Yeah, time. he destroyed him, and he didn't hold back. Like, it was almost like, okay, this is your final lesson, right? I mean, I'm not going to hold back. We're, this is sparring without without any protection. Let's go at it and see what we got. Yeah. Um, Good to see the evolution of Reigns and John Cena. Like you said, they, they worked their butts off, not only in the gym, in the ring to improve. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, I... I you can't really knock on any of these guys. Um, so where, where, where do they go from here then? So so if, if Cena's probably not, maybe might not be there for that. So you got, I don't know. I'm just kind of, I guess I got to start to see the buildup. Because I'm, I'm just, I just don't see how you can build this Brock and, and Reigns fight up, you know, to, to be exciting. It just, it just doesn't have it. It's just because it's happened so many times i'm just curious to see how they can make this an exciting adventure for yeah. summerslam it's maybe your main brock, event maybe that brock win shocking yeah you gotta right i mean you're gonna have to take it off him you gotta do something now in my opinion just to kind of um to to make the story keep going here because as fun as roman reigns has been i feel like now that story is starting to get a little stale yeah, it's time to switch it up. And Brock can just hold it for a little bit, and then, you know, Cody or, or Riddle or somebody can come take it off him. Orton, maybe when he comes back. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't even mind having Roman win it back from him. Right? That's that's not a problem, because in your, he's chasing again. Right? He hasn't chased in a while. That's true. Everybody's chasing him. Right? You know, he needs to start to chase again. He needs to kind of start building himself up again, because, I mean, everything he's doing is awesome. He's done a great job, and I really feel that the Thunderdome probably saved his career um, because at that point, the fans couldn't really dictate the flow of the character, couldn't dictate what they wanted to say. 
Because I guarantee if the fans were still around and there was no pandemic, he wouldn't be over as big as he is because they'd be booing him out of the building. That's a good point. Right? So that pandemic, that that Thunderdome crowd allowed him to build the character properly. That helped a lot of guys out. But, you know, and that was a great opportunity, I think, now in hindsight for a lot of these guys to really, really hone their skill, build their character. And and when the crowd comes back, they have no choice to accept what you created. Absolutely. Right? I never thought of it that way. We had a pandemic actually played in Reigns' favor. Right. It totally paid in his favor because he really was able to become a heel without the fans chastising or booing or controlling. Before the pandemic, I think the one big problem in wrestling was the crowd was really, really like I get it. It's for the fans. It's for the crowd. It's for the people in the arena and those watching at home. But they started to really pull the control in terms of, you know, the direction of characters and shows. I think more so than any promoters or creative people in any company really wanted to see. Yeah, that's a good point. Right? What you watch me you watched AEW, what do you think of it? Or Rindor? I didn't watch well, it. I ended up watching it a few days later. Yeah, no, you know, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun show. Um, you know, we could talk about it quickly here. Just give me a quick second here. I'll give you my quick general thoughts on it. I thought the wrestling was good. My only thing is if you don't watch New Japan, which a lot of AW fans, but a lot don't, you don't know who these guys are. And for me, there was no buildup to that. So you see, you see, a, you know, John Moxley, though, nobody knows who, that, who he's fighting, unless you're a hardcore, hardcore wrestling fan watching New Japan. That's the thing I didn't like about it. Okay, Maybe we'll see. Yeah. Were good, but you don't know who they are. I didn't know who half those guys are. Yeah, no, but fair, valid point. Okay, yeah. so. But like I've said before to you, man, and I've said on our show and I've said to other people in conversation, wrestling is in a new era of, of in terms of what's available for everybody, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you're a WWE guy, and that's awesome. You know, your, your passion lays behind that. That's sports entertainment. That's one style of wrestling, yep. right? You know, AEW provides more of a pro wrestling kind of in-ring focused, you know, yeah, you have your stuff in the background, but it's really focused on the moves and it's really yeah. focused on wrestling per se. That's a different style. You got TNA, which is more your little lore and ring of honor, which is right there underneath it. Um, those for different crowds, right? NWA is more for the guys who like the 80s studio style wrestling, you know, the Dirk Murdochs, the guy, the guys with the huge bellies and the little black trunks, you know, like what we grew up watching, yeah. right? So, so there's, there's wrestling for everybody. And a lot of these guys that like, you know, Japan wrestling, and then oh, fuck it, man. You got European wrestling, which is, you know, uppercut heavy and rolling heavy, which is a different style. If you watch a lot of the NXT UK stuff, you know, even within the WWE, you got that style. Um, Luchador, New Mexico, Mexican wrestling, AAA, all that kind of style. So, so at the end of the day, you look across the board. There's a different. It's it's not about territories anymore. I don't think it's about styles and what you want to watch, ultimately, yeah. right? I don't. I think they all compete against each other, but they're not because they're all going for different types of crowds here. WWE is going for the global audience. AEW, and we've discussed this before, is going for the internet audience and the indie audience. And a lot of those guys are the guys that are watching it, right? So because we are wrestling fans as a whole, it's kind of our job in essence, in a way to kind of be on top of all the promotions to see what's going on. Because somewhere or the other, they're all kind of intertwined to one another. True, I totally agree with what you're saying, but I'm looking at this angle. Like, if he's if I want to invite a buddy over who just you know casual likes a little bit AEW, likes a little bit WWE, hey, come watch pay per view. Oh, who's this guy? Who's that guy? Who's this guy? I don't know. I know who caught yeah. it. A few guys are, but if you're doing a big pay per view like that, they're only catering to the hardcore, like you said, the internet fans, the indie fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, here's the thing: the work was good. I'm not knocking. Yeah. Saying, who anybody is. No, no, no. And to your point, exactly. So the first thing I would say to you is like, you wouldn't be watching the pay-per-view because you didn't. I watched it after. Right, right. But what I'm saying is like at the time, you wouldn't invite a friend over to watch it because you wouldn't be watching it yourself per se. 
build if they're only catering to the hardcore indie guys. Yeah, but that's my point. And that's what I'm trying to say to you. They have enough of a fan base to cater to the people they need to cater to, right? So, I mean, I mean, yeah, if a casual fan came and watched it, but then that could be said for anything, like a casual fan going to watch Bellator and not knowing who those guys are yeah, or, or catching a UFC fight night and not knowing who that guy is, right? Only knowing the big names. So I get that. That's in every sport, right? I mean, I, what I'm I saying mean, is like, even I who pay attention to wrestling a lot, I don't know who half, these, who half the Japanese guys are. I've watched a little bit of New Japan pro wrestling. I love their style. I love the strong style. What I'm saying is you're going to throw a big pay-per-view. You want people to spend their money on it. We don't know who half the cards are on the card. That's the part I don't like. They should yeah. have built better what I'm well i don't i don't think this card i don't think forbidden door was was a card for the casual fan or, or or i don't think it was even built up to be that way uh it was basically just a cross promotional thing uh it's really hard to do a build up with you know like okay for example will osprey versus orange cassidy how often are they going to come across each other you know during the two or three week in between pay-per-view sort of a deal so i mean it's almost kind of like WWE doing something with WCW back in the day sort of a deal, right? I don't think there would be much of a buildup in there. You would just have the guys come. Like, you know, so this is kind of that same thing. It's kind of like... But in North America, if they did WWE's W, sorry, WCW versus WWE, we know who the guys were. In this case, I mean, you don't know who the guys are. The hardcores do. That's that's what I'm saying. Don't get me wrong. It was great rematches, man. The four-way match was awesome. The main event was awesome. Like, it was good. Good quality show. Yeah, uh, I think for me personally, the best match on the show was Will Ospreay versus Orange, Orange Cassidy. I thought that was just an insane match. It was just so much fun to watch just from a wrestling perspective. Um, again, yeah, there was no storyline there per se for too much. I mean, they did the best build-up they can two weeks going into it. But, I mean, every every match here really didn't have a story. It was basically just the honor of either organization, right? Well. And And... Again, most of the people in the arena, the people who bought it knew what they were watching. That's so true. so, so they knew who was who, and that made it exciting as well. And, you know, Chicago never fails in terms of making it feel bigger than it maybe was, right? Uh, that, that crowd was completely on fire. Um, AEW did a better job in terms of timing and spacing and keeping the flow going. With this card, it didn't go as long as their last one did. So, so, so that was really good to see. Um, but no, you know what? I mean, overall, I had fun with the card. You know, we won't go into too, too deep, but it, like I said, the four-way was really fun. Tanahashi Moxley was really fun as well. But Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy was really, really cool. Even Probably the tag match was pretty good too. LP was in that one. Local. Yeah, no, that was really good again with the Young Bucks and everything like that. So they 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 re uh, reunited for for one night the with the Bullet Club. So that was kind of cool too to kind of see that as well. And you know what? It's an introduction for guys who want to get into New Japan now. They can see it all. And uh, New Japan is making inwards with their LA Dojo. So you're probably going to see a lot more of these guys in AEW or in the North American scene as well. So, you know, who knows? Let's see I where they go Japanese with it. Style. I love their, I love their stiff style, their shoot style. I love it. Here's something I found really fun about the show, and I don't think I've heard anyone make a comment about it. So I'm hoping we're the first here. Um, the competition between the announcers, I found it so fun. You like that rotating announcer stuff? No, 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 no. The ring announcers. Oh, the ring announcers. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you had Justin Roberts, formerly of the WWE, and uh, the Japanese counterpart of his, you know, kind of like announcing the walkouts and stuff. But it felt like they were kind of competing against each other with, with, the, with the way they were doing it. It was kind of fun. I don't know. Go back and take a look at that. I thought that was kind of interesting to watch as well. Yeah, I noticed that. That was cool. Something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, something we haven't touched on, man. Uh, it's UFC Fight Week, which means UFC is in Vegas this weekend as well, the same time as the pay-per-view. Both events happening next door to each other. Uh, we talked off the air a little bit. I don't think it's going to affect either one that much. WWE starts at 5, UFC prelims start at 5, main card starts at 7 for UFC. By that point, money in the bank should be in its final hour. So, you know, I think um, 
I think I think you get into the Alex Pereira Sean Strickland fight and you will be okay for the uh, last three fights there. So you probably won't miss the title fights at all coming no, out of the UFC. I have it done by eight o'clock at the latest. So. Funny. Well, I don't know. It might run a little longer. It's a Saturday night show. You got two money in the banks, right? I mean, yeah, but not two yet. hours. I say forty-five minutes apiece for two of the match, two of the money in the banks. That's two hours right there, right? Yeah. And then I am thinking the show's going to go about three and a half hours, four hours, maybe. Could be. Could be. I don't know. Let's see. I, I think what they want. Watch the last few UFC fights, though, for sure. Don't watch them both. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, that UFC card looks really good too, though, man. The, the names I just mentioned, Sean Strickland, Alex Pereira, that's a fight that I'm kind of curious to watch because that will de- kind of determine, in my opinion, who's going to be the next guy for Israel Adesanya, who's defending in the main event that night as well against um, Jared Kenny Um I like him a lot, man. I like his energy. I think that's going to be a fun fight as well. But Alex Pereira, that's the guy who knocked him out twice, man. He beat him twice in kickboxing. Yep. Yeah, I've so, seen that. I like to that. It should be a fun card. Money in the bank and UFC. So it's a big night. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and boxing is a little quiet right now. Everything starts to pick up again next week. And I guess maybe this is kind of like there's fights happening, but nothing monster or massive per se. Um, the build-up for Triple G Canelo has been absolutely awesome. They've been in Yankee Stadium. They're all over the place. I love the love the build-up for this. Yeah, the Usyk build-up has been fun, too. Uh, they've been in, they were in London just recently as well, from Saudi Arabia to London now. You so you, really, got, you can really feel the tension with Canelo and Triple G because now Triple G is taking a little bit of shots at Eddie Hearn a little bit because that's Canelo's boy. You can feel it heating up, and that's what a fight should be, right? No, it should be, man. And, you know, like I was saying to you before, um, I, I think I think um, Canelo needs to, to to focus on this a bit better. I think he's being too emotional. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but before that though, man, um, Usyk and Joshua, uh, Ryan Garcia coming up here on the 16th as well. Um, we got some good stuff coming up here, man. Um, was it who was it? Mikey Garcia retired. He did. Yeah, Mikey Garcia is retired as well. Uh, so what we'll probably do is we'll gather all this information up for you. We'll, we'll kind of get more on the press conferences and whatnot. And we will be back with a boxing episode fairly soon here. Um, on that note, brother. Before we go, it's time to put you on the hot seat. Are you ready? Sure. Let's hear Chance's top five. Your top five most overrated wrestlers of all time. Overrated? Buff Bagwell? Um, Scott Steiner, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, why did I say Buff Bagwell so fast? Uh, Buff Bagwell, Scott Steiner. Um, it's a hard one because I mean, what constitutes is overrated, right? Um, what you consider overrated? Carmella. Okay. (laughs) Um, that's tough, man, because I really think they all bring something, right? It's, it's hard because I think most guys are undervalued than they are even given that. It's hard to call someone overrated in wrestling. Uh, Hangman Adam Page, probably, uh, to a certain extent. And I would have to probably this list with... Oh, God, I don't know, man. I'm having a hard time with number five. I'm really having a hard time here because I just feel like a lot of these guys who would be considered overrated. Oh, any era? Whatever you want, yeah, anytime. Any era, your your personal picks. Lex Luger. Yeah, Lex Luger. Yeah, I had to think about that one just because, I mean, Lex Luger to me would probably be at the top there probably before Buff, in my opinion, because he had all the potential. They put the rocket on him. They gave him everything to be the next big thing uh, with the Lex Express and everything. And he and and that failed miserably. He had it. He had it all, right? Um, so I would say probably Lex is the most overrated guy in wrestling, in my opinion. Because even when he went back to WCW, Eric Bischoff, who wanted everybody, didn't want him. Singh had to convince him. 
to bring him back. Yeah. No, I right? Scott Steiner, I think, became overrated the more eccentric and more unstable he became as a person. You know, he's still wrestling, right? In Mingo Halls and gym. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know. But I just think, yeah, that became overrated, the whole big pop up pomp thing and whatnot. Um, you know, kind of lost me. Carmella, just because I think she'd been there so long now, and I'm not hating on her for, for any other reason. And the fact that we've watched her now for almost close to five to six years, and she still looks so green. Yeah. No, I don't disagree with you. It's a good list. You know, if you're yeah. what you think, right? Some people would agree. Some people disagree. I don't really disagree with anyone that you said, to be honest. Yeah, that would probably be my list. And that was a real tough one because, it's again, I like to respect everybody who gets in there because they're in there. Um, and it, it, in most cases, you're looking at most of the guys that are underrated because there's so much talent that's not given the opportunity. So it's hard to think of a guy or girl. That so looking, that's like the indie band that plays down at the local bar. Well, we we didn't get the opportunity. Well, if you're that good, eventually people are going to notice you and hear you, and you're going to get you're going to rise up, right? I'm not saying you don't have talent, but if you want to get to that level, like Rolling Stones or Nirvana, you're going to You'll usually get there if you're that good, right? Same thing for basketball. You get the chance, but if you're that good, you stand out. Here's I the think. thing, man. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I think it's easier for artists of any genre to get noticed today than it was anyone who ever made it big from back in the day. Yeah. Right. I mean, all you have to do, and look at us. We're trying the same path. I'm not saying it's easy. You still have to have a great product. You still have to have someone to make people turn back and look and see what you're doing. Hundred percent. You still got to work hard, but the tools and and the means to get your message out and, and to have people buy into it is is so easy now. It's for everybody. Yeah. Right. You're talking about a time where you had actually actually had to hop on a plane, fly eight hours to go meet that band, watch that band, and decide if you wanted to sign them or not. You know. Whereas now you can just go online and watch them from your home while you're eating breakfast with your kids on a Sunday afternoon yep. and make a decision Sunday night. Yeah, no, it's true. It's less so, money nobody buys so, so I say to everybody, you still have to work hard, but it is an easier road to sow. Yep. But you that. just have to still work hard though. Work hard work still has to be done, man. Nothing's easy. So anyone who's successful, anyone who's who's got a, an opportunity they've worked hard for that opportunity you know maybe a couple of people out there a few people out there a handful of people out there a percentage of people out there have gotten lucky and met the right person at the right time who gave them the the, the chance that they have yeah. but even then you get that opportunity you're going to work even harder to keep it right absolutely i mean it's one fight to get there but the fight completely different once you're there. Getting there is the hard part. But yeah, you're totally right, though. Right? Because once you get there, then everyone starts to see how you fight. They start emulating you. And we started to see that this year in, in MMA and in, in boxing. You know, the changing of the guards in certain ways. Where some guys like, okay, for example, Valentina Shevchenko, she fought on the last UFC card. And everyone just talks about how dominant and how strong and how powerful she is. And no one's wrong. But she against the girl that she fought in her last fight here, she almost lost. Yep. Some people even feel that she didn't win. Amanda Nunes, I think it all started with her when Juliana Pena beat her, choked her out, you know, took her back and took her neck without even really having to try. Yeah. And this is one, the most dominant GOAT MMA female MMA athlete in the world. You see, you're starting to see these blocks starting to fall where some of these other talents are catching up now. Yeah. Which is why I'm kind of curious to see this uh, Canadier fight against Israel Adesanya. It just almost feels like he's the last one. Like he's the he's been champion for three years. No one's gotten close to him. I mean, against outside of Jan Blachowicz, but then again, that's easy going up weight classes to to yeah. challenge himself, yeah. right? Right. And so the same thing here as well. Like, you know, you're just getting this influx of talent that's getting better and better and better. So, you know, eventually everyone's going to fall. Eventually, in, the, in combat sports, yeah, you can't stay on top forever. You get right? older, you get 
injuries, you lose the hunger, you lose the drive. Yeah, and 2022, uh, late 2021 and 2022, I feel is being that kind of year, you're starting to see a transition of, of you know some of the guys that are there now and some of the guys that are kind of kind of coming up and starting to make their mark. So I know it's a good time to be a combat sports fan, man. Overall, generally pro wrestling, MMA, boxing, you name it, man. It's, it's something for everyone this year. I think it's been a great bounce back year for, for the industries in a whole. And uh, I think we're entering, we're entering another golden era of, of pro wrestling as well with all the stuff that's out there. So I think we're we're on the boat at the right time here, brother man. It's just up to us to put the work in and, and uh, keep building what we have. Absolutely, yeah. Let's hope we're on the, the new golden era of wrestling, like the Attitude Era. Nothing has topped the Attitude Era since, so let's hopefully this new generation does. Well, I mean, you know, I think it's time for a new era. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know if we'll ever have another Attitude Era. You just like, you can't do it, right? I mean, well, no, I don't mean like to have that kind of style, but that kind of heat, that kind of where everybody's talking about it. Like when I was in high school, everybody's wearing NWO DX shirts, you know, all kinds of shirts. Now I no, no, I know nobody's wearing a wrestling shirt. So no, I, I get it. I get it. But you know, let's see, let's see what they do. So I hope the next man up and get to the next level. Right. So well, the future will only tell man. Uh, and you know, right yeah. now, like I said to you earlier, and I don't want to end it on that kind of a note because I like to be positive, but if having John Cena come back once a year, and he destroys everyone around him, and he doesn't even fight, then there's a lot of work still needs to be done. Quick little story here. When I was in the gym a couple of days ago, I was talking to a buddy, one of the trainers, and he's probably about 10 years younger than me. And he goes, dude, I remember my older brother saying how cool wrestling used to be. Wrestling was cool when I was like four and five. He must probably born 93, 94. You know, attitude there, wrestling was cool. I said, how come when you were in high school, wrestling wasn't cool? And he goes, because the guys that were cool got old and retired. Now the guys aren't cool. They're great athletes. They don't have that coolness about them. You know what I mean? They don't stand out like a Hogan or a Rock or a Michael. They just got that swag or that cocky. Oh my God, this guy's cool. He's a larger than life character. You don't really have that in wrestling anymore. And that's why it's losing it with the teenagers. You don't see them in high school. You don't see them in the wrestling shows. Like we did when we were in school. They don't have that cool element about them anymore. I'm kind of, that's kind of like, I agree with what he was saying, right? And he's 10 years, 15 years younger, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, you can also look at the younger generations as well. Their attention spans are so much smaller. Uh, their ability yeah, yeah. to enjoy things is so much worse. Um, and that's no knock yeah. against our younger brethren and generations of people. But we are in, we are living in a time where everybody wants everything fast. Yeah. Right? I'm a traditionalist. Maybe I'm the last of that generation. Like, I feel like my generation is the last generation that got it. I'm at the tail end of that generation, mm. but I got the full impact of it, you know? Um, it's just, I, why do you need to speed up baseball? You know you know what I mean? I'm just saying in general, like little things like that. Oh, they, they want to do things where they want to take the pitch count, like, you know, the- Rob Manfred wants to bring a pitch clock next year. Sorry? Rob Manfred, the commissioner of MLB, wants to bring in a pitch clock. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's where I was trying to get to. It's like, you know, like time between pitches or, or this and that. Like, we got to speed up the game because people's attention spans are too slow. Well, that's not our fault that we live in a generation where everything is right at your fingertips. That's the part of it. Yeah, no, that plays a part in it too, absolutely. Right, they've done it to cricket. Like, I know you're not a cricket guy, but I love cricket. Yeah, I'll say it. Uh, I love watching a test match because the test match, yeah, it's five days long, but you're seeing the truest, purest level of skill to play that match at yeah. that level, right? Mick oh. Jagger loves cricket. So the guy that you're, you're big on, he's a member of the biggest cricket club in the world. Who's that? Who did you say, Mick Jagger? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a huge, yeah, yeah. You know, he's a member of Lord's Cricket Club. My uncle is a member of Lord's Cricket Club. So when he goes there, he wears the little tie and the jacket yeah. and, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, and he, he goes as much as he possibly can, right? And so so what they've done in cricket is they've they've made 20 for 20 matches now which can be done in like an hour and a half or two it's hours. Younger fans. And right. It's a younger fan. So it's just like, you're taking tradition out of everything. You're mm -hmm. trying to make everything faster. No one has time for storylines anymore. Yeah. You know um, what? I grew up at a time where when I watched my favorite television show, say at that time, let's say the A team. Mm -hmm. Okay. Came on CBS on Mondays or Tuesdays. I can't remember. 
But I had to wait the next Monday to see the next episode. Right? Whereas mm -hmm. now they just release 13 episodes at one time. You watch all at once. Yeah, you don't get to get excited. You don't got to wait anymore. It's right no, there. there's no excitement for anything anymore, man. I mean, I should have gray hair and I should be sitting on a park bench when I'm saying these things because that's what I feel like that old guy that I used to laugh at, you know, complaining about the shit of my day. Yeah. But now I get it. I understand where he's coming from. But you know what? No, in all seriousness, no, we are living in a very short attention span world where, where no one has time for anything. 100% agree with you on that. When was the last great souffle made, man? What's up? <laughs> when was the last great souffle made? Yeah, good. Anything that takes time, nobody wants to do. Yeah, just microwave it up. Pop it right? There you go. And on a note of a microwave, I barely use mine now. No? No. Even if I know, like, for example, um, Little Miss Miss wants a pizza pop or something. Yeah, sure. I could put it in the microwave and it'll be done in a minute 30. But I'd rather put it in the oven now and, and give it that 20 minutes. You know, let it cook properly with heat opposed to the waves. Yeah, no. Point, dude. I mean, I'll use them. I'll use the microwave periodically here and there just to heat up something if need be. But for the most part, if I can avoid it, I am uh, call that my contribution to something, right? I mean, yeah, a lot of people aren't using microwaves nowadays. They're using those air fryers. You've seen those? You know, well, the air fryer is amazing. I mean, it's completely different from the microwave, right? I mean, the air fryer is even better than the toaster oven in a lot of ways. Way better. Food tastes right? good. Yeah, I love the air fryer. Like, I use that to heat up stuff. I, I'd rather use that. Like, I mean, the microwave's there as a convenience, but I'm trying to stay away from it now. Yeah, a lot of people are doing that, actually. It's not just you, dude, so. Yeah, yeah. So, what's the plan for the weekend, man? Here we are, long weekend. Do you have time off? Are you working? What's the story, guy? Monday, man. I'm off till Monday morning, so money in the bank and hang out with the kids and yeah what about you uh same here just kind of finish this up here we'll get this thing organized put together and out there to the masses and uh we'll see where the family is and probably go do some stuff downtown go check out canada day festivities yeah, beautiful. and uh tomorrow i will probably be sitting on my couch or my deck watching ufc and money in the bank barbecuing hopefully um hopefully and that's about it and sunday just kind of gear up and back to the grind on monday man goes fast enjoy it man before you know it you're back no 100 brother 100 all right listen so let's wrap this up so um why don't we do this really quick here who do you think is going to win the men's match should i run down the names again oh uh, riddle you got riddle, yeah, riddle. all got? right so i'm gonna go with riddle on that one as well um Okay, hold on. Sorry, here and then the women's match. Who do you think is going to take that one? I don't know for sure, but I'm just going to take a long shot probably because I want her to. I'm going to say Alexa Bliss. Who are you going with? Yeah, I mean, my I'm going to go with my heart is Bliss. I just I don't know. I'm just a fan of hers. I've always liked her. Um, but I think it has to be. Oh, fuck, I'm torn between Lacey Evans and R Rodriguez. Could be them too. But I think it's going to be Lacey. Yeah, I'm going to go Lacey on that one. Uh, Bel Air, I think, will beat Carmella. And I think Ronda will beat Natalie. I hope so. Um, I think Theory wins by disqualification. I hope so. Um, and I think, um, much to your demise, I think the Usos beat. Um, the Street Profits. You're probably right, but I'm going to go with Street Profits just because I want I want them to. But you're probably right. Who's still win it? Fair enough, fair enough, brother. All right, there you go. You got our predictions. Uh, we'll touch base and let you know what went down, and uh, we'll get back to you guys here really soon. So everybody, listen, have a great long weekend if you're in Canada, and have a great long weekend if you're up in the States as well. Um, it should be a nice weekend for everybody on both sides of the line. So everyone, please be safe. Enjoy yourselves. Have a great time. If you're going to drink, please don't drive. There's a lot of options out there. Like we were saying, everything is easier now. You have your phone. There's codes. There's apps. There's no excuse for anyone to drink and drive or or drug and drive even nowadays, right? Who's to be fair. You? I hope you're listening to this. Yeah, you know. Uh, but to everyone else, man, you know, I heed the words. You worked hard for everything that you've had, you know, enjoyed this weekend. 
don't destroy it by being stupid and doing silly stuff. And um, yeah, man, just, just listen to us. So have us in the back of your mind. You're going to drink, you're going to smoke, do whatever you want, be happy, but please just be safe. On that note, my name is Bobby Sampson. In the words of the great ACDC, those who download, subscribe, share our podcast, we salute you. And that was Chance Michaels. And in the words of Ed Whalen, in the meantime and in between time, that's it for another episode of Samp and Chance. Have a great weekend, everybody. Be safe. Talk to you soon.